I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to The Scraby Show tonight on a Friday TGIF. If anyone is around my age, I'm about to be 39 here this year. You remember TGIF was like one of the coolest uh, TV blocks of time throughout the week. They had Family Matters. They had Step by Step. All of that great stuff, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about some sports and some other random stuff in between. If you would like to watch the show on YouTube, you can. Just go to YouTube and type in 97.3 The Fan. Search for that, and you will find the live show. You can also go to X or Facebook or even Twitch now. We are on Twitch. You can go 97.3 The Fan. So right now, I am currently watching the Dallas Mavericks and the Atlanta Hawks, and there's 9.54 left in the game. Mavs are up 116-107. But the reason that I'm watching it, I would normally not watch the uh, Hawks and Mavs game, even though Adam would want me to watch the Hawks and Mavs game. But Luka Doncic has 65 points with 9-something to go, 9.54 to go in the game. So why that is significant is because Kobe Bryant... Scored 81 points, second most in history behind Wilt Chamberlain, who scored 100. And so right now with his 65 points and a lot of time left, there is a good chance that Luka Dockage could go for Kobe's record, or not record, but Kobe's second place status and get 82 points. So I'll keep an eye on that as we go through. But uh, we're just going to count that as our first news story of the day because that's going to be our first and most important news story of the day. Coming up on the Scraby Show tonight, we are going to uh, talk about the Padres 2024 fan survey. One of the uh, articles that Dennis Lynn puts out every year that I really kind of um, look forward to because it helps me as someone who talks about the Padres on the radio, it helps me to find out where everybody's kind of at. And I don't know if, if you out there have gone through this fan survey, please go to the athletic and please go and support Dennis Lynn and read his article. Uh, But he asked a lot of questions. There are a few surprising answers here. There's a few surprising um, reactions from fans, but, Overall, I think it's pretty spot on for what's been going on this offseason. In Padres Pen Pals today, we had someone say that they're done with this offseason, they're done with everything, and that they're giving the team an F in this offseason. Now, the guys couldn't quite go to F level. Tony said incomplete because it's not ready yet. But I, I don't know that I could go towards the F level on a grade for the offseason so far because it is not done yet the offseason there's still time I was gonna say plenty of time but there's not plenty of time there's still time for them to you know round out this roster get some outfielders in there try to do some things so I'm uh not not gonna be worried tonight it's it's Friday night I'm gonna take the night off from being worried about the Padres roster and just talk about sports and have fun so let's uh you know with all of that said I think we should just jump right into the, I'm going to it. Oh, man, this is embarrassing. This is embarrassing. We're going to go right to this. It's time to get caught up on the latest with the news of the day. You know, 
Brandon on the chat just po- uh, pointed something out to me that I guess I did know, but I put it in the back of my head. I guess I think Tony said, I don't even know. I'm just going to say that Brandon's the one notifying me right now, but Brandon says, imagine Luca passing Kobe's 81 points on the anniversary of the day Kobe passed. That is right. I cannot believe I forgot. I cannot believe we, I mean, I know that Tony doesn't like that day. It's one of the worst days for him because he is such a huge Kobe fan and it really hit him hard in a, in a bad way. Like a lot of people. I mean, it hit all of us hard, but that would be wild for him to break the record. I keep saying it's the record. It's not the record. Break Kobe's number two spot on the list with uh, 82 points. So that would be wild. I didn't even think about that. Those are the things in sports that I love the most is something like that where Kobe Bryant passes away on this day and someone is even close enough to go for his 81-point mark. And so right now the Mavs are just giving Luka the ball any absolute anytime they can down the court. He just shot, you know, he's basically just shooting everything. And we saw him make a bunch, but if he keeps shooting like that, he's not going to get to the 81 points. Um Dan says on the chat, Kobe never passed a ball in his life. I've seen Kobe pass before, so don't start with me on that, Dan. I've seen him pass before. Um, Excuse me. I was uh, getting a little emotional there. But the other topic that we're going to talk about in the news today is the Padres prospects and MLB Pipeline's top 100 for 2024. The Padres, out of the 100 best prospects in all of baseball, actually have five of the prospects on the list. So that's pretty good for t- for some conversation about how the farm system maybe was not as good anymore or wasn't very valuable. They don't have any pieces if they needed to trade. Well, they definitely have some pieces because they got Ethan Sauce, number eight overall. You know, he's the catcher. You have Jackson Merrill, shortstop, number 12 overall in the top 100. Robbie Snelling, the pitcher we just talked about, or actually Dylan Lesko is the one we just talked about, but he is number 36, Robbie Snelling. And then Dylan Lesko, number uh, 56. Now, Drew Thorpe was the player that the Padres received in the Juan Soto trade along with others like Michael King and Brito and Vasquez. But Drew Thorpe has the most, uh, I guess, the most um, curiosity around him because from all the indications that we had while they were trying to make a deal with Juan Soto or for Juan Soto is that the Yankees did not want to include Drew Thorpe in this in the package for, for Juan Soto. And that was what possibly could have blown up the deal but really, it ended up making the deal worth it for the Padres. And here's something that A.J. Casavell wrote about, uh, about Drew Thorpe. He led all minor league pitchers with 182 strikeouts while notching a 2.52 ERA in the Yankee system uh, before he arrived in the Juan Soto deal. He's going to compete for a rotation spot, but there, he's most likely going to begin the year in the minors. So at some point, Drew Thorpe could be coming up this season, and at some point, Drew Thorpe could be joining the rotation for the Padres, which would be very nice. And I think, I think it's going to be – I don't want to get too ahead of myself because I am already looking forward to seeing Michael King. I'm already looking forward to seeing Drew Thorpe and Vasquez and Brito, but – Honestly, we have no idea how they're going to perform. I think they're going to perform well, but it's going to be kind of a question mark for all of us until we see them. We know what they can do, but we don't know what they can do on the West Coast, I guess. We don't know what they can do in the National League West. I mean, they're coming in. 
you know, one of the things Michael King told Tony and us is that, or Tony and I, is that the AL East is as competitive as the NL West. The NL West has the Dodgers, have the Giants, have the Padres, Rockies. Mm, they're not really anything. Uh, the Diamondbacks, who went to the World Series last year. The AL East has the Orioles, have the Red Sox, Yankees, uh, Rays. So the division won't be too much different for them. But they will have to get used to the West Coast style of baseball. But I, it's it's nice to see that there are at least five prospects in the twenty uh, Padres' 2024 system that are in the top 100. Now, Ethan Solis was, uh, again, number eight overall. We've heard a lot about Ethan Solis lately. And, I mean, in the past year, ever since the Padres acquired him in the international signing period. But Mike Schilt told A.J. Casvell at the winter meetings last month this about Ethan Sauce. He's like this old soul that just kind of gets it. It's very impressive how he handles himself. Clearly, I'm going to get to know him further and deeper. I'm really impressed by his ability, but I'm impressed by how together this dude is and how well he handled himself for everything that's been thrown at him. I love that Mike Schilt used dude in his sentence. That is uh, one of my go-tos. I love using dude. But Mike Schilt, he's he's telling us what we all want to know, and he's telling us what we all want to hear is that he's high on Ethan Solis. And, you know, I don't think Ethan Solis is going to be on the Major League team this year. Uh, he could have a chance next year. But I really hope that they take their time with him, and I really hope that they don't force him up to the big leagues when he's, before he's ready because he might be – you know, turning some heads in min- in the minor leagues, but I-, I think that right now he obviously would be on the team, but I really think that Ethan Solis needs a little bit of time outside of the spotlight because sometimes you bring guys up, they don't perform, and their confidence is shot, and they don't play as well as they could have because it's got to be a hard thing for someone who's been great at something their entire life, and then all of a sudden they're struggling on the biggest level. So I, I think that they're going to do things right by Ethan Solace, but I hope that he, when, when he's ready, they bring him up. I hope he doesn't need to come up by necessity, which means injury to the catcher position. Luis Campusano and uh, Kyle Higashioka this year are going to be the guys. So if we don't see Ethan Solace this year at the Major League level, I think that's okay. I think we'll be okay with that. And uh, that means that he is developing in the minor leagues, which is exactly what everybody wants. All right, the last news story of the day. I know there are bigger news stories than this, but I think we all know this name. And I'm going to I'm going to read this paragraph from the article that I that I saw about this. This doctor listened as his 25-year-old patient who had already had one unsuccessful surgery on his pitching shoulder explained what it would mean to him to get back on the mound. At a time in baseball medicine in which one shoulder injury, let alone two, was typically a death sentence for a career. Andrews, or I just said his name, was reluctant to put the pitcher under the knife again, but he ultimately had no choice. So, Dr. James Andrews, one of the most famous sports doctors ever, has called it quits. He is retiring. He revolutionized sports medicine, and he was someone who could, he, he did a lot of surgeries on a lot of different players. I believe they're counting over 650 former sur- or surgeries on former or current athletes. He's worked on guys like Michael Jordan, Troy Aikman, Jack Nicholas, Hulk Hogan, and it's just unmistakable what Dr. James Andrews did during uh, during his time as a, as a sports surgeon because everybody who was ever injured, the note would be, 
They're going to go see Dr. James Andrews tomorrow. He does. Uh, he is going to stay with his uh, practice. His um, He has his own, like, medicine practice, Andrew Andrews Medicine. He's going to stay with that as, like, a consultant kind of leading everybody through it. But he is done being the main guy, and he can go, and I'm sure he has plenty of money to go enjoy the rest of his days. And I... Uh, I you know I hope I'm in a spot when I'm 81. That's how old he is. I hope I'm in a spot when I'm 81 where I can retire and just go sit like in the forest for I don't know maybe the rest of my life. I just want to go have a little cabin out there. Hopefully Lucky is still around when I'm 81. I doubt it. That would be like 43 years from now. But I just want to go out in the forest and I just want to you know not be bothered by anyone at the age of 81. So Dr. James Andrews calling it quits after a very, very, very long career. That was the news of the day. Going back to going back to Luka Doncic real quick. He is with he has 66 points right now. He's 24 23 for 31 from the floor. He's made eight threes and he's made all 12 of his free throws. There is ooh, time is running out for Luka Doncic. He's got about six minutes to go in the game. So, again, we'll keep an eye on that. He has uh, 14 more points that he has to score with six minutes to go in order to break Kobe Bryant's 81 points that he scored against the Raptors all those years ago. And uh, we'll keep you up to date on that. All right. So, like I said, the Scraby Show is going to go over some of the playoffs, NFL playoffs at the end of the show, and the Daily Gripe is there as well. But when we get back, the fan survey that Dennis Lynn published on The Athletic was very interesting. So I'm going to go through it with you, and I'm going to tell you some of the, the results that surprised me and some of the results that did not surprise me, and that will be all when we get back on The Scraby Show on 97.3 The Fan. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I have to out myself because I was uh, pointed out something in the chat by Brandon. I said 66 plus 14 would be 82. That is incorrect. It's actually going to be 80. So I did my math wrong. If you've listened for any length of time here, uh, you know that I'm not the best at math. And I, I really... I, I really, really hate that I get stuff wrong like that. And I shouldn't be doing math on the air like that. Uh, Luca is now with 67 points. And this game is ridiculous. He has the score is 131-127 with 345 to go. He needs a lot of points. I don't think he's going to score. What's 82 minus 60? 15 points in the next three minutes and 38 points. But you never know. You never know. I just want to stop real quick and talk about. The um, it's the anniversary. I guess it's a weird way to say it, but it's the anniversary of the death of Kobe Bryant and all and his daughter and all of those people in the helicopter crash, January twenty sixth, twenty twenty. And number one, I can't believe it's been four years. Um, that has really moved by quickly. And number two, I, I talk about this, and I'm probably going to talk about this more, but it really proves to you how short life is. 
and it proves to you that things aren't guaranteed. And that's maybe something that I didn't understand a long time ago. It's something that maybe I took for granted a long time ago. But after I went through everything that I went through with stopping drinking and getting my life together, I, I realized what life is and how great it is. So that news, when it came down, I remember it like it was yesterday. It was, you know, in the morning and I got the news alert and I, I completely thought it was fake. I thought that there, this someone had gotten a hold of TMZ's Twitter account and was posting fake information. So as soon as I got it, I, I went and tried to research a little bit more and I, I found that it was true. And the news that was coming out of it was just awful. It was actually terrifying as well. And it wasn't just Kobe that lost his life. I want to make that clear. It was a lot more people that lost their lives, including his daughter, including some friends of his daughter, including the helicopter pilot. Uh, so I guess where I'm going with this is just appreciate life. And that's something that I didn't do for a very long time. And so with with the anniversary of Kobe's death, I think it's it's a good reminder that we're only on this earth for a very short time. And make the most of it. All right, I'll uh, stop being so serious here on the Scraby Show. I'm Matt Scraby. You can follow me on Twitter, X, same thing, Instagram. Just go to at Matt Scraby. And then on YouTube right now, you could go and watch the show. I'm in my nice 49ers jacket. The reason I try not to wear it is because it's so noisy. But this is a jacket that I uh, – it's a pullover. But it's a pullover I got maybe, I don't know, 15 years ago. And I hadn't been able to fit into it for the longest time because I was too large. And now that I've done SD fat loss and I've lost 35 pounds – I am fitting into my 49ers pullover just fine, and I like it. I like to be able to fit in my old clothes. It's very nice, very nice to fit in my old clothes. But if you want to see that, then you could go to uh, YouTube, 97.3 The Fan, or Twitch, or X, or Facebook. Luca now has 70 points with two minutes to go. And he's actually, no, he's not going to get a triple-double. But anyway, I don't think he's going to get to the 82 points. I'll keep you up to date on that. All right. Padres fan survey. I want to start by encouraging everyone to go to Dennis Lynn and his athletic article uh, and read all of this because he has lots of good breakdowns underneath them. And uh, so I'm just relaying it. I did no work here whatsoever. Dennis Lynn did all the work. Fans did all the work. So please go visit the athletic and uh, contribute to Dennis Lynn. But the uh, 1,420 people took their annual survey Here's the first one that I want to talk about. How confident are you that the Padres are headed in the right direction? This one did not, this one, I guess, slightly surprised me. Very confident was 4.9% of the vote. Somewhat confident was 25.3%. Unsure was 38.5%. Not very confident, 22.3%. Not confident at all, 9% of the vote. What surprises me here is that people... 25.3% 25.3% of the responders, respondents, I guess, were somewhat confident that the Padres are heading in the right direction. And somewhat confident is actually not really what it's it's not it's not what I'm hearing from people. It's not what I'm hearing from listeners every single day. So that did surprise me because I would have thought most would be in the unsure category, which most are in the unsure category, but not I thought it was going to be around 50% because honestly, 
I do I do trust the Padres. I, I can't necessarily say that I believe 100% they're heading in the right direction. I do think that they have a lot of work to do, but I, I don't think that they're um, I, I don't think that this season upcoming is going to be a major step back. So a lot of this season will tell everyone what's going on with, with this team. And a lot of this season will tell everyone what's going to go on with the future of this team. So that was the first one that kind of surprised me. And it's no surprise that um, the how confident are you in president of baseball operations, A.J. Preller, it's no surprise here, and I, I, I would venture to say that maybe A.J. Uh, Preller knows that some out there fans are not a fan of his, but here's how the vote went. Uh, if you're confident in A.J. Preller, very confident, 5.3. Somewhat confident, 19.1. Unsure, 27.5. Not very confident, 26.7. Not confident at all, 21.4. So a majority of the vote goes with the unsure and below. And I think that's a fair assessment. I think that's a fair assessment for AJ Preller right now because of where the team is at in this moment where there's still some holes to fill. And last year was, we'll say it over and over again, last year was a great disappointment. And that's not necessarily on AJ Preller because he was the one who brought the guys in and he was the one who who put that team together. But it's it's not surprising that he is he is uh, a lot of people are unsure about what's going to happen with him in the future. And that goes along with the what we're going to see this season. We'll know if A.J. Preller is going to be back with the Padres at, a, at, at some point this year because they could either be winning a lot of games or they could be middling along. And that's not what what is good for the Padres organization or Padres fans. So the next one would be, how would you rate the hiring of Mike Schilt as a manager? Uh, this one, also not surprising. Excellent 2020.20. Oh, let me start that over. Excellent 2020. Jeez, Matt Scraby. Come on, bro. 22.2% of the vote. Very good. 39.5% of the vote. Good. 29.2. So the majority of people are happy with this hire of Mike Schilt. And I, I, I think that's spot on. Mike Schilt was a, was a perfect guy for this job. Mike Schilt has experience. We've talked all about it, so I don't need to go back into it again. But I think Mike Schilt was the right decision for the team. And Tony met with him today and uh, for lunch. And they had some conversations. And Tony came away thinking that he's very, you know, he's very, he, he likes what, what uh, Mike Schill is bringing right now. And Mike Schill is, seems like from what I've heard, seems like a very good people person and seems like a good manager of people. So I think that's going to go very far with uh, this team this year. Uh, the team's biggest weakness, not a surprise that it's the outfield, but here's what I was curious to see when I first saw the survey and saw the questions, how would you rate the December trade of Juan Soto and Trent Grisham? And, Mostly, people were very happy about it. I loved it, 16.2%. I liked it, 39.6%. I'm unsure, 26.2%. And then I didn't like it, 11.5%. I hated it, 6.5%. Now, most of this is going to have to come from... Uh, most of this is going to have to be proven throughout the season because, again, we talked about it in the first segment. We have no idea what these guys are going to do. But I would venture to say, by the end of the year... 
that more people are going to change their vote to I loved it or I liked it than the I'm unsure, didn't like it, or hated it. I think at some point, if they did re-poll this and retake kind of the uh, retake the temperature of everyone out there, I think that the some of the voters on the bottom would go up towards the top. Here's a question from the chat from Dominic. Yeah, but uh, they didn't they say the same about Melvin? Bob Melvin and how he was a good manager of people. You're right, Dominic. We did say that. I think from what I'm learning about Mike Schill is that he's a little bit more in your face than maybe Bob Melvin would be. Now, I know that Bob Melvin was more of on the calm side. I think that Bob Melvin was his style works in a certain way. But last year in the perfect storm that happened last year with everyone not doing much of anything, I think that there was a need for a little bit more pushing from Bob Melvin and a little bit more of the, uh, I needed Bob Melvin to feel a little bit more urgency. Uh, we said that a couple times throughout the season. I didn't feel like there was much ur- urgency, but I feel like Mike Schilt with his, that little bit of, I guess Chris called it fire and brimstone. I think Mike Schilt bringing that to the team is going to be good because he's going to hold people accountable. He's going to he's going to hold uh he's going to challenge players. He's going to make sure that no one's just kind of sitting around and just cruising through the season. And so again, he came from the Cardinals organization and a lot of fans were very upset when he was let go by the Cardinals. And so I think this is going to translate well for the team and I think that his Fire and brimstone, again, from what Chris said earlier, is going to help the team a lot. And I I, I really uh, am excited for the direction of this team and the way it looks now that there's a new manager in charge. The, the team kind of takes on the manager's personality at times, and I, I don't think that a more uh, rough-around-the-edges personality is a bad thing at all by any means. I think a rough-around-the-edges personality is very very good for a team to have kind of have a chip on their shoulder. Now, what should the Padres do with Hassan Kim negotiate a contract extension before he reaches free agency was the number one 41.4. That is, I uh, 100% agree with that. And I think I knew that was going to be the answer, but here's the one part that surprises me. Trade him before the season starts. 21.6% of the vote said to trade him before the season starts. And I wish I could go and talk to some of these people because I I wanted to know why. What's the reason for wanting to trade Hassan Kim? Is it to fill out that roster? Is it to get some value for him before he ends up needing a contract extension? Uh, he's going to be making, I think it's $8 million. It's less than $10 million. It's either 8 or $9 million. I believe it's $8 million this coming season. And he is way exceeding his, he, he's exceeding his value uh, because he should be making a lot more on the open market. But I was very surprised to see 21.6% of, of the vote betrayed him before the season starts because from, again, from most of what I see each and every day talking to all of you, I feel like majority said to not trade him and I I, extrapolating it out, which I won't do because I'm terrible at math. 21.6 is a lot more people than I would have thought. That would mean like two out of every 10 people come up to me and say that they want to trade Hassan Kim. And I can't say that two out of 10 people have told me they want to trade Hassan Kim. 
Yvette on the chat says, Melvin was managing with his hands tied. AJ used to bring down the lineup, and he couldn't use his closer when he, he was needed. Now, we don't know that AJ brought down the lineup. We don't know that for sure. So that's just a rumor. I will put that out there right now. But was he was his hands tied? Were his hands tied? Yeah, I think his hands were certainly tied in certain situations. Not having Robert Suarez for the first half of the year really hurt the bullpen and really hurt Bob Melvin's ability to make um, – you know, pitching changes. I I I think that um, the closer situation was frustrating at times, and we've talked all about Josh Hader. We talked all about what happened last year, and I don't necessarily think we're ever going to find out the exact reasons as to why there weren't appearances from Josh Hader in certain situations. But I do think his hands were tied, and I do think that. Uh, that's not a it's not fair to judge Bob Melvin about his usage of the bullpen because of the hands being tied because of the injuries. But that doesn't mean that you can't criticize other parts of Bob Melvin's management. So good addition to the conversation, Yvette. Uh, the next uh, question that I want to talk about is what is your level of confidence in Jake Cronenworth back, bouncing back in 2024? 8.8% of the vote, very confident. 44.6% of the vote, somewhat confident. Here's not so surprising, but it does lean towards people giving up on him. Not very confident is 376 Now, Jake Cronenworth is going to, he's going to, he knows that this is a big year for him. And he knows that he needs to round back into the form that, they saw earlier in his uh, stint with the Padres, but 37.6% saying they're not very confident in him at all is surprising because I think that you need to give him one more year. I think last year he was injured. I know the year before he was injured and last year he broke his wrist. He wasn't able to finish the season. He was not having a great season by any stretch of the imagination, but the, the, the year before he struggled because I, you know, he was dealing with injuries throughout the year and some of these baseball players don't tell us about the injuries so it, it's it's certainly an excuse for a player who's dealing with an injury now I don't know what the injuries were and I don't know how bad the injuries were but I say 37.6 of you really need to maybe give it a little bit more time with Jake Cronenworth this year a little bit more time now the last one the last one would be this one and I know I wanted to bring this up because how would you rate Padres radio broadcasts? Now, 53.4% of you said excellent. And I know Tony is very, very excited about that. 37% of you said good. 8.6% of you said fair. And 1% of you said poor. Tony and I were talking before the show, and we wanted to know who that 1% was. Like, what's wrong with the broadcast that you hate it so much that it's poor? And I, you're entitled to your opinion. I'm not going to say that you're wrong or anything like that, but we want to talk to those people. Anytime someone says bad, something bad about the show or bad about me, I want to talk to you. I want to figure out why you think that. And some people will talk to me, and some people are just not going to talk to me. So if you're going to throw an insult my way, Know that I'm going to have you come sit in my office and we're going to talk about this as adults. I'll stop that now. Matt Scraby here on the Scraby Show, 97.3 The Fan. Luka Donkic ended the game with 73 points. He did not make it to 82. He needed nine more, but 73, 10 rebounds, seven assists. 
is pretty incredible. And the uh, Mavericks go on to win 148-143. So basically, they just played uh, no defense at all in this game. Zero defense at all in this game. Let's check the chat real quick. Um, I can't read that. I can't read that. Evan, that's not very nice. Cronenworth looks old and washed up. He's not old and he's not washed up. Um, Let's see what else. Dominic... Uh, oh, Dominic makes a really good point. Giving Bob Melvin Carpenter and Cruz as DH gave Bo Mel no flexibility. That is, that is a really, really good uh, observation. Sorry, I was reading another one. I need to stop reading before I stop talking. Or I need to. Never mind. I'm just going to stop that. Um, Xander is a gr- is great at second. He has no. In- internal need to move actually i just closed it but there was uh there was a question on xander bogarts let me reopen it real quick just so i could see because that one was something that tony and i talked about before the show and uh tony was actually surprised about this because of what we've been hearing um let me get to it uh this is not good radio xander bogarts what position should xander bogarts primarily play in 2024 51.8 percent said shortstop 26.7 26.7 said first base, 17.9 said second, and 3.6 said other. So for a lot of you out there, you've been telling me you want to move him to first. But 58, 51.8% of the vote said they wanted to keep him at shortstop. And I don't disagree that he should stay at shortstop for this year. Maybe in the future, talk about moving him around. But I, I really don't think that he's going to be moving to first base anytime soon. And I don't think there's a problem with that. I think he, if he's comfortable at shortstop, leave him at shortstop, see what he can do this year. Second year with the Padres. I think it's going to be a way better year than last year. And Xander Bogarts is going to rebound. Wow, I went way over my time. I cannot believe I did that. I'm Matt Scravey. This is The Scravey Show. Back with some daily gripe. Back with some NFL talk. And, uh, yeah, that's it because I'm way late. Final segment of the week for 97.3 The Fan. Thanks for everyone tuning in all week long to Ben and Woods, Annie and Elston, Gwen and Chris, and, of course, The Scraby Show. Really feel loved, and I, I, I mean that genuinely from my the bottom of my heart. Uh, we were going to talk some NFL, but you know what? There is a chat going on right now that's a little crazy. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to talk about that in a second, but... I wanted to also bring this up because we've been talking about Vince McMahon on the show here uh, in the last couple of days after this lawsuit came out, uh, or I'm sorry, not lawsuit, sexual assault and trafficking allegations. But Vince McMahon, I'm just going to read it so I have the correct information. Vince McMahon has resigned from WWE's parent company, TKO Group Holdings, one day after allegations of sexual abuse and trafficking emerged. WWE President Nick Khan informed WWE staff of McMahon's resignation on Friday. He said in an all-staff email, I wanted to inform you that Vince McMahon has tendered his resignation from his positions as TKO Executive Chairman and on the TKO Board of Directors. He will no longer have a role with TKO Group Holdings, or WWE. Now, I I don't want to get into what he is accused of doing because it's some pretty horrible stuff. And if you would like to see what he is being accused of, you can go and find the the exact things that were put forth. But I got to say, like, this is pretty disgusting to me because... I know that he hasn't been found guilty. I know that he hasn't, you know, 
been in a court of law, but just some of the allegations that are alleged against him are so crazy and so wild that it would be hard for me to believe that someone could make that up. All of that. Now, it's certainly possible, but some of the specific allegations uh, are some of the specific allegations are pretty, pretty hardcore. And I'm glad that Vince McMahon stepped down. I wish he would have, they would have just fired him. But Vince McMahon has, I don't want to, I don't obviously know him. And I try not to talk trash about people I don't know, but I just am not a fan of what Vince McMahon has done in the past. We've talked about on the show with Owen Hart when he fell to the ring and Vince McMahon and, and Owen Hart passed away right before the pay-per-view and they ended up going through the pay-per-view anyway, because the show must go on. Uh, and that, that, that hurt a lot of people within the WWE and uh, Vince McMahon. This is this, these allegations, I guess, surprised me because of what is being said about him, but allegations against him of this nature of sexual assault and all that, it does not surprise me from what I've read throughout the years and certain people have said about him. And so, in my opinion, people like that do not have a place at the top. And so I know he's not going to suffer with money or anything like that, but maybe there's some legal ramifications. Uh, Vince McMahon, though, that's some nasty and disgusting stuff that he is accused of. So uh, I'm, I'm going to be done with that for the weekend. I'm going to be done with that for the weekend. All right, so the chat was saying... Um, <laughs> Sorry, I have to go back to Vince McMahon for one second because I just saw a chat. Lori says, wow, finally they got rid of Vince McMahon and it's not just a storyline. Yes, uh, that is correct. All right, so in the chat right now, uh, a lot of you are talking about one thing, and that is Jerks and Profar. Now, everybody wants to bring Jerks and Profar back in. Everybody thinks that he's a good fi uh, good fit with Jerks or with the Padres. Um, the one thing about Jerks and Profar to me is we we know that the Padres are looking at a very tight budget for for payroll this year. And Jerks and Profar I think is someone who values himself a lot. And I think that was kind of evident last season during the offseason when he didn't sign with anyone, he didn't sign with anyone and then all of a sudden he signed with the Rockies for like 8 or 9 million dollars and we all kind of said the same at the time. They didn't pay him the $8 million. Well, I, I don't know this for sure, but I think that he does think that he is worth more money than that. And he is a good Padre. He is a good player. He's a good teammate. He's a good clubhouse guy. But you got to think, number one, will he take $5 million, $6 million? Um, it's probably unlikely that he would take that money. Now, if he finds himself in a spot where teams aren't biting, maybe. But I do believe that Jerickson Profar will hold out for a best contract type of thing. Now, will he go and play left field for the Padres at some point? We don't know because he returned to the team last year. I think Jerickson Profar is someone that the team could benefit from. But I don't think you go and you move, what is it, he mountains and heaven and earth. I don't know. You don't move a bunch of stuff around to get jerks and profile on the team, because I don't think that he is that impact of a player for the Padres. He's not going to win a game for you. And he's getting up there in his career with the H. So 
it's it's I mean, Father Time tells us that things get worse as you get older. And so I, I don't know that Jerickson Profar will be the right choice for this team if they have him on the team to play left field every day throughout the season. I think that they're possibly could be better options out there. I'm not quite sure what's going on in the front office, but Jerickson Profar was very good, very good for the Padres in 2022. I'm seeing that from, from Anthony. Yes, he was very good. And I don't have a short memory, but what is he going to do now? And I don't know what he could bring to the team this year. They don't have a left fielder. So he would definitely help in that department. But other than that, I'm not sure how much impact Jerickson Profar would have on a daily basis. Profar would be a good bench piece. Yes, Profar would be a good bench piece. I, I agree with that. Again, does he want to be a bench piece? Does he want to be a starter? And sometimes the market dictates what you're going to do. Sometimes the market says you're going to be a bench player. And so if that is true... If the market tells him that he's a bench player, I say the Padres go after that real, real quick, real quick. You're with, uh, you're, you're with, you're joining Matt Scraby here on 97.3 The Fan, The Scraby Show. And we're coming to the end. So the Daily Gripe is coming up soon. It's a lighthearted Daily Gripe. But I wanted to play this real quick, not because of the 49ers, but because the kicker of the 49ers, Jake Moody, is actually, he was drafted over the or last draft by the Niners. And he was interviewed by NBC Sports Bay Area. And there's a little bit of a, fa- a, a weird fact about his parents and himself, they're all Lions fans. And so the 40 yards are playing the Lions, and here's some of the conversation that he had with Jennifer Lee Chan. did this matchup back in the summer after you got drafted for the 49ers. What can you say about what your dad's prediction was? I mean, it obviously came true. Um, I didn't believe him. Uh, just, you know, historically looking at the Lions and you know, having grown up a Lions fan, I, I didn't think they would ever get this far, but... Uh, you know, it is pretty cool uh, to, you know, play him in the NFC Championship. It's exactly where I would want to be. Um, you know, obviously, I feel like I'm on the better side. But, um, yeah, it's going to be a good game, and it's pretty cool that playing against the Lions. Tell me about the helmet that your parents have on the wall. Yeah, so they have a helmet signed by Jason Hansen, who was my favorite kicker growing up when I first started kicking. He was still the Lions kicker, and... You know, he, he had a great career there and a uh, great guy. I've met him a couple times and, um, you know, it's something I looked up to just growing up as a young kid. All right, so it goes on for a little bit longer, but can you imagine being – I can't. I can't imagine this. Like, growing up, obviously Jake Moody wants his team to win, but his parents are probably going to be a little torn on this whole thing because they're huge Lions fans and – I think this is a funny little wrinkle for the game on Sunday. So the Lions and 49ers play at 3.30 on Sunday, and the uh, Chiefs and the Ravens play at noon on Sunday. So keep a lookout, an extra lookout on Jake Moody. for his. I'm sure they're going to show his parents in the stands, and they might be even wearing those little uh, half jerseys, you know what I'm saying, like where one side's 49ers, one side's Lions. I see you in the chat, Ivan. Or not Ivan, I'm sorry. Uh, who was that? Uh, oh, it's Dan. Come on, Lions. Put a beat down on the Niners. Yvette says, restore the roar. Let's go, Lions. I'm not a fan of all these things. What's annoying Scraby today? Let's find out. It's time for the Daily Gripe. All right. 
I took my daily gripe very seriously last night. And tonight, a lighthearted daily gripe. Tonight, the daily gripe is all about those people that are the people who are that cut the line when you're waiting for like a freeway or something like that. So there's one entrance that I have to get on. And sometimes the cars back up from the entrance. And so you have to wait in line for maybe 10, 15 minutes sometimes. And today someone tried to cut in front of me. And I will say I did not let them cut in front of me. And the people behind me did not let them cut in front of them because it's ridiculous when people try to swoop in and it's ridiculous when people try to, they just like force their way in. It's almost like, hey, I'm going to crash my car into yours. So you better just move. But if you, if I have to wait in the line, then you have to wait in the line. So that's my lighthearted daily gripe of the day. Go 49ers. Have a good weekend, everybody. We will talk on Monday. Appreciate you all, all, all joining me for the Scraby Show this week. And going to Chris and Ben Woods and Andy and Elston. Have a great, safe weekend, everybody. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> 9 over 8. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.